morning. Good seeing you all. If you will, let's turn to <clears throat> Psalm 32. Psalm 32. I had uh, in contact with Brother John Reeves and Rick Ford the last few days. Rick and them's fine. They're doing well and not in, not in standing water, but the water's rising again there in rescue. And, uh, ripped part of the roof off of where they meet for the assembly. And it's small, about eight, ten square feet or so, and he had a bale of shingles. So John got up there and got it back on some felt. And then uh, he's got a mystery leak somewhere because he's got the carpet soaking wet. So they got a, they're going to have services today, but trials the Lord sends us are unique to us. And it's so easy to think it's cookie cutter, isn't it? It's not. Just pray for them as you're able. Uh, I apologize ahead of time. I've been sick for a few days. I'm not contagious or ill. I ain't running a fever, really. But since I'm saying I is like, my, whew, I ain't right. And I'm just weak. Um, weak things. And we got to tell some things. And some of us forget. And we need reminded of the, of the stories, don't we? And then, well, David, he was a king in Israel, wasn't he? He committed adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. She was the wife of one of his most loyal soldiers, a dear friend of his. His name was Uriah. Bathsheba was Uriah's wife, and David saw her taking a bath one day on top of a roof and sent for her. And she came to him, and she became pregnant. She was with child, and David tried to get out of it. What am I going to do? I know who she is. I know what I've done. i got to fix this. i got a good idea. I'll have Uriah come back from battle real fast, real quick. He just, special orders. Go get that soldier and bring him home. Now, you go see your wife first. I'll, we'll talk tomorrow about what I want to talk to you about. And that way he could pawn this off, and Uriah would think this child that she's bearing is his child. Well, that didn't work. It didn't work. Uriah was a faithful soldier. People talk about being a faithful soldier of God. Let me tell you what this faithful soldier did. He came home from the battle as ordered, and he wouldn't go back to his house and his wife. He said, that's not fair. It ain't right that all of Israel is fighting the battle, and for me to come home and be living the good life. That ain't right. That ain't right. So you know what he did? He ain't going to enjoy the good things. He stayed right there by David's door. He slept by David's door. He said, I'll be here if you want me here, but I'm serving you. That's a servant, buddy. That's a soldier. That's a warrior, isn't it? The next day, David said, well, that ain't working. I'm going to get him drunk. And then those instinctive passions will come out. It's lawful. <laughs> You're married. Go to your wife, buddy. Wouldn't have it. Didn't work. He was sober-minded, wasn't he? He was set. And so David did something low. He did something terrible. He wrote an order, a written order to Joab, his head general, to send Uriah to the front line of the battlefield. You go out there in front, and when he's at the very tip of the spear, take your armies and pull back just a little bit and let him die. Let the enemy kill him. And he took that, and he wrote that order, and he sealed it, and he gave it to Uriah to deliver his very own execution orders. No one, he was such a faithful soldier, a warrior for his king. He wasn't going to break that seal and open it. Wasn't none of his business. He's here to work, wasn't he? He went and died. David committed adultery 
and he committed premeditated, cold-blooded murder. This is the very one that God says a couple times, this is a man after my own heart. How could that be? How could a child of God do such a thing? I've heard people ask that. I've heard brethren look at other brethren and say, if there's a child of God, they won't do that. I've thought that. Well, we we are ignorant of ourselves if we say that. I would never. Yes, you would. You don't know you. God hasn't revealed to you what you are yet if you'd say such things. He takes his hand off us. We do anything. Anything. What? Anything. David went on for at least a year. You know that? His at least a year. Bathsheba came to full term to deliver that baby. So it was, you know, nine months there. Call it a year at least. Business as usual. He didn't acknowledge his sin. He was ignorant of it. And then God sent Nathan the prophet to him. You imagine that. A whole year David had no idea what was going on, that it was that bad. He didn't think what he did was that bad. Everybody around him knew it was bad, didn't they? It's just, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> you think if Nathan had to get up and preach to him, sitting there looking at Bathsheba after here. No, what are you doing? He didn't see nothing wrong with it. God hadn't taught him. Nathan probably got taught a few things then too. Uh, I can shake it on, show you scriptures and shake you and say, look what this, this is wrong, this is bad. I, that can be done to me too. My pastor could do that to me. I ain't going to get it unless God's pleased to convict me of something. That prophet Nathan was sent to him, and he told David a story. He said, David, there was this man, and he had a little lamb, and he loved that little lamb. He only had the one, and boy, he loved it. He loved it so good, he would let that little lamb sit at the table with his children <laughs> and eat. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a turn at the table and eat with them. He loved it. Well, his neighbor was real wealthy. He had a whole bunch of lambs. And his neighbor went and said, you know what? I'm having some guests come over, but I don't want to use any of my lambs. And he went and took that little lamb, that one that was so loved, and took it, and he slew it, and he fed it to his friends. David got so mad. David said, who is this fella? You show him to me. Kill him. Kill him. And Nathan looked him dead square in the eye and said, thou art the man. That's you, David. That's you. I don't feel so guilty paying people in a corner now. I've been painting in a couple of corners too, man. You're the man. God ever looked you in the eye and said, you're the man or the woman or the person? <laughs> you're the man. And right after that, David wrote two psalms. He wrote Psalm 51. Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That you can be just when you can condemn me. You're, he teetotal. Well, now I did. You know, people always excuse everything. That's a horrible confession. Well, now I stole, but I was hungry. I was born. <laughs> that ain't an apology. Don't you dare wipe that out of your mouth. You either give a full confession or a full apology. You don't. David laid down lock, stock, and barrel. He said, "I've sinned against you and you only, and done this evil in your sight, and you're just to kill me right now." You're just, Lord. And he wrote Psalm 32. Didn't that? Isn't that something? <laughs> Verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. 
That's blessed me. What does the world, what does bumper stickers in San Diego County say blessed is? I saw last plate the other day that said blessed. <laughs> you said people sneeze, bless you. You selling snake oil too? That's weird to me. And then one fellow up in the Northeast, a teacher I had, he got so lazy with it, he just said bless. Bless. It's, it's as comical as it is the first time. Silly, man, silly, ain't they? What's, what does the world say, bless? Good house, good family, kids that obey. Vacation, retirement. Oh, we got set now, boy. It's going to be warm, die someplace warm. That's blessed, isn't it? Plenty of food in the, in the pantry. What does God say? Mm. Blessed is he whose transgressions forgiven. What's transgression? I got good news for rebels. Transgression means rebellion. 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 The actual commission of a sinful act. We come from the womb speaking lies, don't we? Speaking lies. Rebellion. You're a rebel. You're an enemy of God. You know the only difference between a revolutionist and a rebel is? Which side you on? <laughs> we ain't revolutionists. We're rebels. That's how we come into this world. Old timers called this sins of commission. Things you did. The Lord looked down in Genesis 6 and saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Has there been you? Has there been me? Is that you now? Well, if it ain't, you're in trouble. That's all I am is sin. Oh, left to myself, and I look to myself, I ain't nothing but bad all the time. And, and what I don't know is evil. What I don't know I do is evil, isn't it? Turn over to Romans chapter 3. Romans 3, verse 9. <clears throat> Paul's writing to believers. And he said, what then? Are we better than they? <laughs> no. In no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. Well, I know some things. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. I was looking for God. No, you weren't. You look for your God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throats an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery is in their way. And the way of peace they have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things, so, things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. That all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For the law, by the law, there is the knowledge of sin. Well, now we just know we're sinners. If that don't shut you up, let me tell you what shut you up means to sin. Somebody's doing something wrong that I know, and I about say, here's what you need to do. Chonky. And right then, I knew I was that man. I, know, I, I was going to tell somebody they need to quit being lazy and they need to get after it. And I saw my laziness towards the God that saved me. And my mouth was shut 
and I didn't say anything. I had a shut mouth. But if we know what we are and we stop there, well, we're just, that's just misery, isn't it? That's misery. So many people stop at misery, don't they? Look at verse 21. But now, <laughs> you ain't righteous. You're the opposite. But now the righteousness of God, without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon, upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. All sin comes short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just. And he's just. I've sinned against him and him alone. He's just when he speaks. Every word he says is right. And the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. That's what we are. But God, we are complete transgression. We're complete rebellion. We're complete unrighteousness. But his righteousness, that's what covers us in. Where's all that transgression come from? Where's all rebellion come from? David said, blessed is the man whose sin is covered. All that transgression has been forgiven. And his sin is covered. And he just said sin, transgression, sin, iniquity, guile. Ain't it all the same thing? No, it's different. Isn't it? Transgression's what we do. That's our rebellion. Sin is our nature. That's what we are by nature, even as others, isn't it? Offense, that offensive nature, that's what we are. Our iniquities, crooked moral things that we do and think, all of our transgressions, our rebellion. Sins are what we commit because sin is what we are. Plural is what we commit because singular is what we are. That's a noun. It's a feminine noun. That's what we are. We don't become a murderer when we kill somebody. We kill somebody because we're already a murderer. That's our nature. That's what we are. Job said, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean thing? He said, "This whole it ain't like I started being bad one day. I've always been that way. He said, not one. David said he was conceived in sin. My mother conceived me in sin. That doesn't mean his mother was doing something wrong whenever she was pregnant with David. That means that from conception, he had a wicked nature. And that's where our rebellion comes from. Turn over in your Bibles to Mark chapter 7. Let's look at this. Mark chapter 7. Here, Mark 7, our Lord had just given a parable. I'm always thankful for this. The disciple said, he said, Laura said, if he that, what's this next hour? He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he walks away, and all the disciples said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like a little child, isn't it? What's that mean? What's that mean? That's a good question. He's the one that can answer. They asked the one that could answer. And when he was entered into the house of the people, verse 17, Mark 7, 17. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, are you so without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever thing from without entereth into a man, it cannot defile him, no matter what you eat or drink. 
because it entereth not into his heart. <laughs> That's the problem, but the belly. <laughs> Just coming in and going out. Eat all the pork sandwiches you want. It goes out in the drought, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of a man, that defileth a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Those are acts. We don't dismiss sin. We don't just, well, that's just, that's just what they are. They can't keep it, help it. That's their instinct. No, we don't condone sin. Those acts, those transgressions, that rebellion's bad. Why? It comes from a person that's bad. That's all we are. That's our nature. That's our instinct. Understand? That's what the Lord says. Lord says, if you ever had a kind of a bad thought, that's because you ain't nothing but sin. That's our old man. That's that flesh, isn't it? And I turn to Ephesians 2. The bad news. <laughs> Ought to be. Ought to be bad news. Shake you up some. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. I'm a dead man. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in children, the children of disobedience, among whom also we all, all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, by nature, by natural instinct, that's all we are, the children of wrath even as others. Oh, man, you stop right there and just go crawl underneath a rock and hope the mountains fall on you. That's true. Is that true for you? That's bad news, Bob. He didn't stop writing, did he? Verse 4, but God, <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. And he's raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Well, that's, that's good news for a, a sinner. Isn't it? I, just, I can't keep from it. I, I, I read Romans 7, right? All the things I want to do, I can't do. And all the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. Where are we? But God, but God. Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Iniquity is perversity. It's moral perversity. I'm going to do something good. And then having perverseness in that, pride in that. Look at all the good I did. I'm going to tell everybody about all the good things I did. That's called iniquity. And i tell you what it also means. That's those sins of omission all the good things we ought to have done those hungry we should have fed those brethren we should have forgiven those we should have been kind to those we should have listened to instead of talked to that's iniquity that, that law ain't going away is it lord saved us from underneath the law isn't it is his law still holy can we have another god than him can you disobey your parents you gonna kill and cheat on your wife what? Oh, that still stands. There's a whole lot of things we ought to do. 
and we don't. Iniquity, iniquity. The Lord's pardoned that. <laughs> he doesn't impute iniquity to us. He says in Nehemiah, but they are, and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks, and they hardened not to thy commandments. They didn't hearken to your commandments. They didn't do them. Supposed to do them, and you didn't do them. And they refused to obey. This word's plain. It says that there. Well, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> We're fools, ain't we? They refused to obey the need where they're mindful of the works, the wonders that thou didst among them, but they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they had iniquities and they had transgressions, in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou, <laughs> but thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger. Boy, is he. And great kindness. He forsook them not. They forsook him. He didn't forsake them. Jeremiah 50, 20 says, In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for. All those things you should have done and you didn't and all those good things you think was good but that was bad. Judgment's coming. God's going to look for them. And he says, And there shall be none. And the sins of Judah, and there shall be none found. I ain't going to find no sin. I ain't going to find no transgression. I ain't going to find no iniquity. For I will pardon them whom I reserve. Those that he set aside, those that he sanctified, he declared his own, he said, I'm going to pardon them. Can't touch them. It ain't there. How is that possible? Man, man argues the dumbest things on the face of the earth. How can a God judge a sin? He's seen it to judge it. And he says, I don't remember it. He forgets nothing. He knows all. Well, that's magnificent, isn't it? Because of Christ. <clears throat> Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Guile is the root word of hurl, treachery. <laughs> Throwing treacheries. Like hand grenades. As hard as we can do it in. That's guile. What do we hurl treacherously? Here's another thing of the word, too. Falsehoods, idleness, slack, and slothfulness. It's the commission and omission from a nasty spirit. And the Lord says it's lying and lazy. Lying on others, lying on God, and, and not, not doing what we know better. If we're declared to be grown-ups, act like it. <laughs> that's basic, isn't it? Guile, that's what it is. It's guile. And the Lord said, Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, in whose spirit there's no guile. Well, how if I know what I am in sin, I know all the rebellion I've committed in my transgressions, and I know all the things I should have done and I didn't do, willfully, my iniquity, I ain't nothing but guile. How could I be blessed? Lord looked at Nicodemus and said, you got to be born again. <laughs> I'm going to put life in you. A whole brand new spirit. And in that spirit, there ain't no guile. It's for me. You're of Adam, your father. It's this one's of my father. That's uncorruptible seed. He puts that in us. Blessed is the man or woman. What, what's done to these things? This transgression we looked at, the sin we looked at, the iniquities looked at, the guile, just a culmination of all of it, just oozing out of you and you're hurling treacheries. What's done to those things? Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. That word forgiven, if you've got a marginal reference Bible, says lifted away. Lifted away. Not erased. It was lifted away. I thought on what the Lord told Nicodemus. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 
and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those, those iniquities, sin, me, was lifted clean, all of it, out of me, and put on him and his righteousness, his holy nature, who he is, what he's done and living in this world was lifted off of him and put in me. My transgressions are forgiven. They're lifted away. It's like in a carpet. You've got to lift them stains on the carpet. We know that word, don't we? You wash it and put paint over it, and it's still there. No, it's got to come clean out, plumb out, don't it? Our rebellion was lifted away, removed from us. It was placed on Christ, our substitute. And the Lord, our Father, said he's made him sin for us who knew no sin. It was laid on him that we might be made the righteous of God in him. That's laid on us, made that way. He says, blessed is the man whose sin is covered. It's not covered like we throw a blanket over something. I could put a napkin over that glass and it's covered, but the glass is still there. Isn't it? Not the way he covers. That's what Adam did, wasn't it? I'm naked. Well, I'm going to cover myself. <laughs> Your nakedness is still there. You just happen to have some fig leaves over it. They'll rot away, won't they? It said in Isaiah 1, 18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as the snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We can't get that out. There's blood in a white garment. Can you get it out? It can't be lifted. I can't do that. The Lord said, you're going to be white as, white as the snow, isn't it? How? In Revelation 7, it says, and he said this to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How can transgressions and sin and iniquity and guile ever be dealt with? The blood of the Lamb. He has to see the blood, then he'll pass over us. Why? There ain't nothing there to see. <laughs> nothing there to see. Therefore, they before the throne of God, that's how we're in his presence, and served him day and night in his temple, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. He said, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. That's the only reason. Imputed. <laughs> Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. I put this in bold letters in my notes, and it's, this is the day we live in, and I'm going to say it plainly. I don't want to load your gun for you for Facebook. Okay? I'm here to teach you something, not to, not to arm you. Stay away from those things. Don't engage and don't instruct others. God gave them a pastor. Hey, they can deal with it. But blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. People say this word impute means God went to the bank and you didn't have no righteousness, and he put righteousness in there. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Does God go to the bank and does he deposit iniquities into your account? That's ridiculous. That's foolish thinking, isn't it? That's not what that word means. He accounts. He doesn't impute iniquity. That means he doesn't take account. He declares what he sees, like he's going around taking inventory. And he blesses his man the Lord walks up to and says, there ain't nothing there. There ain't no evil there. It's gone. It's gone. He takes inventory, and that man is blessed when the Lord comes and sees no lack, he sees no guilt, and he sees no faulty nature. What if something happens down the road? That's gone too. That spirit's new. It can't fail. It's his. That seed can't not bearing forth fruit. It's his seed. I might buy some seeds down the store, and 
put them in the ground, they may not grow. Not his seed. That seed doesn't fail, doesn't it? David said, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Vacant of guilt. Vacant of guilt. Vacant of guile. That's a blessed person. That means everything I am died and went away. <laughs> Isn't that right? It was buried. And then thanks, thanks be to God, something new arose. Something new came forth like Lazarus. A new life was there. Isn't it? That's blessed. That's blessed. Having all you youngins over at Thanksgiving, having family lives close, that ain't blessed. Having money in the bank, and what it, that ain't blessed. Lord says that's what's blessed. That's a blessed man. That's happy. Word means happy. It make you happy. Don't if it don't bring tears to your eyes, at least it do it. Turn your frown upside down. Come on. <laughs> oh, Greg said that about Donnie Bell the other day. He said, "Boy, if we, said, we can just get him excited about preaching, he said we might be accomplished." <laughs> Donnie's excited all the time. That's something to be happy about. Blessed. Turn over to Jude, <clears throat> book of Jude. We'll close. I thought of this too. Jude 24. Right before Revelation. Man calls things, when we're going to get it started, we're going to pray beforehand an invocation. And when things are getting wrapped up, they call it a benediction. I thought Jude was just speaking to Praise to his Lord. Verse 24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. All praise be to him for such a blessing. He's given his people, isn't it? Amen. All right, let's pray together. Father, we're a blessed people. We're a peculiar people, but how happy we are and how what great blessings you bestowed upon us. Lord, give us that thankful spirit, a countenance of joy and contentment to go through this world with, knowing our transgression's been dealt with. Our sin, what we are, has been dealt with. Our, all the things we should have done. Christ has fulfilled it all. What a wonderful Savior we have. Lord, be with those that are in trial. Make them remember the blessings in your Son. Give him grace to do that. Thank you for this hour. Forgive us for our rebellion and what we are. It's in Christ's name that we ask.